Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into a very spooky night of dorm room sports talk. We got some good, good stuff coming up for you tonight. We're down Galen. He is M-I-A. <laughs> I can't tell you where he is. Galen, if you're out there, we love you. We love you, we Galen. Love you, Galen. Uh, I guess need someone else to talk baseball, so Ty's going to step in with our buddy Tim. I'm going to channel my inner Galen tonight. I like it. Like it. You don't got the voice, though. You don't have the voice. No. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Tristan. Tristan, what's on the board for tonight on this spooky night? All right, Halloween edition, dorm room sports talk. Here we go, fellas. Uh, we're going to talk about the World Series, Kershaw. Big game pitcher. Nah, I don't think so. NFL. <laughs> Jimmy G is gone. Jay Ajayi is gone. Kelvin Benjamin is gone. Big time trades in the NFL on deadline day. In the Head to the NBA. Cavs are struggling. Should they be worried? LeBron isn't. Also, the Magic are sitting atop the East with Boston and Detroit. Are they for real? And for your boy Johnny Mooch Manakia. He's all hyped up. Tiger Woods is going to make his return. I'm not hyped up. <laughs> I, I would say I'm hyped. But <laughs> nah, you're pretty I'm, I'm hyped. ready to talk. You wanted He's it on tonight. I'm ready to talk. I'm all hyped. right, so I'm Tim hyped. and Tyler, uh, World Series Kershaw, chance to cement his legacy, kind of blows it. Big game pitcher. Nah, what does this do for him? I mean, this, this I've heard was his chance to cement the legacy, as you just said. I completely disagree with that. I think his legacy was not in question at all, and that legacy being he cannot perform. I mean, you look at you look at his stats in the postseason here. Uh, from 2008, um, he has a seven and seven record, which is you know fine. But this guy has been hyped up, perhaps the best player to ever, best pitcher rather to ever play the game. He has a 4.5 ERA, and really, you know, I I, I think that he's a great pitcher. But if you give me one game in the playoffs to win, like a game seven scenario, I'm not taking Kershaw in my top three. Tyler, what do you think? Oh, no. Clayton Kershaw is definitely not a big game pitcher. You know, I like to call him Clayton Manning, a lot like Peyton. Can't, can't perform <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The that, man cannot perform in the playoffs, as Tim said. Four and a half is his playoff ERA. He's given up eight home runs in this postseason. That's the most for any pitcher in a single postseason. If you're the best pitcher in the game, and some people think he's the best lefty of all time, you can't come out in the biggest start of your career and give up six runs in under five innings. Clayton Kershaw is not a big game pitcher. And the way it stands right now, um, should there be a game seven, we're, we're filming this in the middle of uh, game six right now, should there be a game seven, um, it's lined up to be you, Darvish, as the starter. If I'm Dave Roberts, I'm not rushing Kershaw to the mound. He's done fine in relief. I remember uh, either last year or a couple years ago, he came out of the pen and was, you know, he got the job done. But I'm absolutely not having him start on short rest under any circumstances. And that's, again, in regard, uh, despite the fact that he is being talked up as the greatest pitcher of this generation for sure. No, I mean, it'll be all hands on deck if a Game 7 comes. Kershaw would be available out of the bullpen. But it's important to note that Kershaw had a big lead in Game 5. If you're the best pitcher of this generation, your team hands you a three-run lead, you better deliver. Oh, absolutely. I mean, six earned runs in 4.2 innings on on a crazy game. I mean, I know there's talk about... Um, there's talk about these baseballs possibly being juiced, but when you're handed a four nothing lead and when you're handed a seven to four lead, you really need to do a better job of keeping it. I know it's easier said than done, and I know that uh, Kershaw has had trouble in the past um, in the postseason, but really you need to buckle down in the biggest stage, and that's what this was, and he failed to do so. 
I mean, you mentioned it, Tim. Crazy game. That was one of the wildest games we've ever seen. Probably the greatest World Series game of all time. I'd argue the the greatest game ever. It was the first World Series game with three three three-run home runs. First World Series game with three game-tying home runs. There were so many big hits and comebacks and momentum swings. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better game. And this World Series in general has been unreal. I mean, I think I saw that entering Game 6, there are more extra base hits than regular base hits. Uh, That is stunning to me. Just absolutely amazing. It's been great baseball. Um, I personally am rooting for the Astros, but more so rooting for great baseball. And I think that we're absolutely getting this. We've still got a couple more innings at least to go. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it continues on that great track. I saw an interesting perspective on Twitter. They were talking about, was this really a great baseball game or was it a really bad pitcher's matchup? Or they're not a bad pitcher's matchup, but was it just the pitcher's underperforming in a really small ballpark I would argue who cares the fact that teams are able to come back from three runs multiple times that's a big deal especially in a World Series game where if you win you'll go up 3-2 and I'm one of the guys who who typically argues that I'd rather see a pitcher's duel than like a, a smash uh, smash fest out there I you know I love watching one nothing games where even like a walk or or a bloop single could mean the difference but that is hard to argue that is an amazing game. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I had I had friends. We go to Emerson, so there's not many sports fans around. I had friends who are like theater majors on the edge of their seat too, excited to see what was about to happen next despite no knowledge of the game. That's how you know it's good when you get non-baseball fans interested. So now <laughs> Astros are up 3-2. That's in, one way to look at it. I mean, I guess. Sending Verlander to the mound today. Right now Astros up one nothing in the sixth. Verlander looks dominant. I see no way the Astros lose this series. You're sending Verlander, who's got a career 3.0 ERA in the playoffs, out to the mound with a chance to define his legacy. This is what Verlander was brought to Houston for, to win them the big games. He's going to do it tonight and give the Astros their first World Series championship. You know, I'm going to disagree with you, Ty. I, I see one way that the Astros lose the series, and this could age very poorly by the time it's released. But I think if the Astros lose in a demoralizing game six, like a walk-off or just an absolute bashing in the last four innings or whatever, I think that the Astros could lose momentum, the Dodgers could get fired up, and that could be the difference. Yeah, so guys, it's definitely been an exciting series. The Astros really have been the comeback kids. You know, they've fallen behind early. Um, They've come back. Right now, I think they look destined to win the World Series. However, I would love to see a Game 7. Absolutely. Anybody else got any comments on the World Series? I was just, I would just add, don't forget that the Astros could have been down 2 nothing in this series if Marwin Gonzalez didn't hit that home run off Kenley Jansen in the ninth in Game 2. So they've fought their way, and they deserve to be where they are, which is one win away from their first World Series title. Absolutely. And we definitely have a lot more to talk about on this. Uh, we're going to have a special baseball-only Uh, podcast coming out to you soon after the World Series is wrapped up. We're going to go in-depth on some of these issues, uh, some things that we really just don't have time to talk about here on the Dorm Room Sports Talk podcast, so keep your eyes peeled for that. All right, moving on, guys. We're going to go head to the NFL trade deadline today. Pretty exciting trade deadline, I would say. Um, Let's start with Dylan. Uh, The Dolphins, we all know you're a fan. Um, Jay, they traded Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
make, giving the Eagles one of the most bruising backfields, I would say, in the NFL combination, LeGarrette Blunt, JHI. What do you think about this trade in the direction that the Dolphins are taking? Why would you trade someone coming off such a great season as he had last year? A couple years ago, the Dolphins traded Brandon Marshall for a third-round pick, and I was pretty devastated that we got so little value back for Brandon Marshall. Jay Ajayi is a top-five running back in the NFL, and we got a fourth-round pick. Oh, whoa. Whoa, Whoa, I'm up off my seat. Do we think Jay Ajayi is not a top-five running back in the NFL? You've ever seen that man run over ten people? He's like the next Marshawn Lynch. He has zero touchdowns this season. All right, he he plays for the Miami Dolphins. That's that's He takes handoffs from Jay Cutler. I don't blame him for that, um, but that like that's that is a good point. That is the reason he was traded. Um, Adam Gase keeps saying players are trying to score every down. Uh, JHI is trying to single hand, well, tried to single handedly bring this team to victory, which was an admirable thing to do. But he was missing assignments uh, when he was trying to, be, to to block. He was missing holes running because he was trying to hit a home run every single down. And Adam Gase got fed up with it. He said that the star players on this team were to blame in a press conference last week. I personally disagree. Our, our offensive line is atrocious, and we don't have a quarterback. I would blame that for the Dolphins being so terrible. But he tried to send a message to the rest of the team that you got to play or you'll get cut. It doesn't matter how good you are. And I think that, uh, I don't know, Adam Gase wants to win, but I think that with this move, the Dolphins might be headed for a, a chase for a, a good draft pick this year. They did not trade Jarvis Landry, which was rumored earlier in the day, which is a good sign for the future that they're not just going to sell every piece of – uh, asset they have when the Dolphins have Tannehill on the field I think Tannehill probably ranks himself at probably the 12th best quarterback in the league when he's healthy and on the field uh, I can say we'd probably all agree on that right at number 12 it's I would a very say, very I would specific say maybe top I would 20 say he's in that range I would he's say right right around 12 <laughs> he's a top 20 quarterback. but there's a big dif- there's a big difference between good starting quarterback and whatever that next level is right Tannehill's right definitely Ta- a good yeah. starting quarterback right right exactly exactly so when he's on the field the Dolphins are a pretty solid team anywhere from 10 and 6 9 and 7 JGI last year three times rushed for over 200 yards one time on Christmas Eve Merry Christmas from JHI. It's Halloween, man. But this year, (laughs) let's go through some of these numbers. First week, he had 122 yards, solid, but he didn't have a catch. He didn't have any touchdowns. He has no touchdowns all season against Baltimore. Baltimore. That's a good defense. Baltimore. He had 13 attempts for 23 yards against New Orleans, whose defense probably we could all rush about for 100 yards. 12 for 46. Okay, 12. 46, only got 12 chances, but that's junk. Against the Jets, 11 for 16. All right, we get it. He's not been very good this year. He, so he's you're been gonna, trash. But you're going to give I up mean, on a but, 20. But I think the Eagles got him for a steal because now you have LeGarrette Blunt, and you're going to have to face him on the goal, goal line, and then you're going to have Jay Ajayi running up but, the gut. But, what are they doing? You can't give up on a 24-year-old running back removed from a 1,200-yard season. They're doing the you're, wrong thing, but Philly got a steal. You're giving up on your young players. You're telling Jarvis Landry and Ryan Tannehill, we don't care about your future. There's no reason to give up on a young player who's having a bad year. It just doesn't make sense. J.J. Um, led the league last season in forced missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, with 58 and yards after contact with 3.46. And now you add him to a Philadelphia Eagles team who is fifth in the league in total rushing yards per game. 
this makes them, if they weren't a Super Bowl contender before, this certainly makes them the favorites in the NFC with Carson Wentz playing at the level that he's playing at. Agreed. And Agreed, MVP, MVP level. Although him and Alex Smith, I don't know, I'm, I'm wavering Carson between those Wentz two. Carson Wentz is the MVP. Okay, Alex I'll give you that. not even close. I'll give you that. Carson Wentz is balling. Brady's the MVP. Carson uh, Wentz, Hey, that's, that's a discussion for, for another time. But yeah, I mean, Jay Jai, uh, he's a phenomenal running back. He's a running back you want to block for because you know once he gets into that second level he'll make moves he'll break tackles cornerbacks don't want to tackle him uh and then obviously like johnny was saying you got Legarrette blunt they're both just bruising running backs and not many defenses want to play even smallwood's pretty solid if you've watched the dolphins the game this year as a dolphins fan i apologize to you for the ugliness you saw (laughs) but i've watched every single game this year and with no, absolutely no passing on this offense, J.H.I.E. has averaged 3.4 yards a carry. And it's not because he of the, the run scheme or whatever's going on in that offense. He runs two yards, runs into four people, runs for another two yards, and then falls over. That is the way this offense has gone for the Miami Dolphins this season. And with Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams, their offense is going to get worse. They're going to be worse unless this is a culture change, which I think is what uh, Adam Gase was going for. Um, Dolphins fans have trusted the Gates for a long time, but after the Cutler signing, after the Sajaya trade, I don't know. I think people are going to start to question his uh, his coaching uh, decisions. All right. Uh, moving on to the Patriots now. They just traded their backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who many thought would be the future of the Pats. But, you know, Tom Brady being Tom Brady wants to play for another five years. You're not going to franchise tag a guy that's going to not play. So time to get rid of him. In return, they get a second-round pick. Good move, or how good is this for the 49ers? Uh, Good move by the Pats, not a great move by the Niners. If you want to talk about past Pats quarterbacks, backups, (laughs) who have went to teams, let's let's name a few here. Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett, who doesn't look that great in Indianapolis right now. None of these guys have really panned out. Just because you play behind Tom Brady, you play for a coach like Bill Belichick, same thing with Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler, everybody wanted him because he was Peyton Manning's backup. Just because of that fact, you cannot... Tra- they traded a second-round pick. They, they are 0-8. That is a high draft pick in the second round. That's Belichick's genius working again. He waited and waited and was patient until he had the best option, and he went out and took it. And... New England definitely won this trade. What are you talking about? What I do mean, you mean? You're, ma- you're not making any sense right now. The Patriots could have had a first-round pick in the offseason for uh, Garoppolo, so the Patriots didn't get the better end of this deal, and this is a great move for the Niners. You're getting a player that could be a franchise quarterback could be. for a second-round pick? He will be. In two games, in a game and a half last year, he had 500 passing yards and four touchdowns. Would you rather— Matt Castle, let me repeat this, went 11-5 and five with the New England Patriots. Okay. Matt Castle Anyone brought the Chiefs be, uh, to a playoff. Right, to right. The playoff. I was okay. What say. about Brian Hoyer? Well, he, he's Brian Hoyer wasn't a second-round pick that was supposed to be a starting quarterback. Jimmy, you, you're going off how many games? How many Game games? and a half. Four, six uh, quarters. Okay, okay. And you're trading a second-round pick for him. And you're 0-8. That's a high pick. You're going off how many games? And what Say it again. If he, was in the, Say it again? if he was in the draft right now, where would you take him? If, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Out of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Out of the quarterbacks in, in, Available. in, in college. He's Thro- a top, throw, five, top throw, five pick, no doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a top five pick. So they traded he's him for a second rounder. They lost the trade. No, okay. They should have waited for Josh Rosen out of UCLA. I think that you guys are forgetting. Hot. That is comical at best. I That's think you ridiculous. guys are forgetting. I can guarantee you Jimmy Garoppolo will not turn into anything too special. We're, we're forgetting that Jimmy Garoppolo has eight games on his contract right now. They, they, this is a rental, essentially. I, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, will be worth it for the 0-8 
Niners to sacrifice even a little bit of their future. Yeah. But he'll stay with San Francisco because there's only a few places where you can be a starting quarterback. To me, as a Patriots fan, it's definitely a stab to me. I really like Jimmy G. I thought maybe he was the – the. it's kind of like Isaiah being traded from from Boston. He You kind of you kind of adapted Jimmy to the culture. You kind of felt he, w- he was the next step. You're and comparing he, a superstar Garoppolo player. Jimmy was a cheerleader. You're comparing a superstar <laughs> player to a guy when who When we needed him most, hey, you're comparing, a ring. Up. you're comparing a superstar player to a guy who held a clipboard on the sidelines. When we needed him most, he stepped up. That's a lot like Isaiah. I think it's a great deal you for the Niners. You could have lost those four games and still won the AFC East. They'll finish 4-12, and 12, mark my words. They're 0-8 right now. He'll get them four wins, and Hyman will be like, okay, this guy's pretty good. No. And just because Matt Castle took the Chiefs to the playoffs, Mark Sanchez took the Jets to the playoffs, Tim Tebow took the Broncos to the playoffs. While we're talking about trading quarterbacks, can we talk about the Browns for a minute? That was a f- disaster today. Absolute disaster. You that's, have a trade lined Browns. up for A.J. McCarron, a guy who w- won a playoff game if Fontes Burfecht knew how to behave, <laughs> and a guy who won a playoff game, and you can't even make a phone call? I mean, seriously. Sashi Brown, who's the VP and the GM of the Browns, should be fired immediately. On the spot, shouldn't be allowed to go back to get his things because it's a joke. There is no way that you're about to acquire a quarterback in this league and you can't make a telephone call. It's ridiculous. They're the most incompetent team in professional sports, and people need to be held accountable for that. The Browns fans deserve better. Hey, they got Kessler. I'm not worried. How do you think, <laughs> how do you think this makes Deshaun Kaiser feel? This, coming this out. is professional sports. I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> uh, Kaiser's junk. Mm. Hence the NFL lockout in 2021. <laughs> yep. I, it's it's just ridiculous. The Browns should be embarrassed. All right, uh, guys. Um, so trade deadline today. Are there any deals that you were surprised didn't happen? Teams not making moves that you thought were going to be active. Teams that stayed silent. Teams that made a trade. Like, what do you get? What do you guys think about the trade deadline in terms of deals being made and not made? I'm incredibly shocked that Martavis Bryant is still in Pittsburgh right now. Um, I was thinking of possible destinations and I was thinking uh Los Angeles Chargers with Philip Rivers teaming him up uh Philip Rivers hasn't had an elite receiver since Vincent Jackson I guess uh so Keenan th- Allen is pretty elite Keenan Allen's a good receiver yeah, he's Keenan not Allen's elite good. he's not elite but he's a good receiver he's um, top 10 I'd say I think elite. you throw Martavis Bryant in there clearly Martavis Bryant doesn't care about winning because he's complaining while he's on a six and two team so going to a three and five team probably wouldn't cause him too much stress gets to play in some nice weather with uh, an ex- another experienced quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really shocked he's still in Pittsburgh right now. I'm shocked Landry's still in Miami. I thought Miami would be even stupider, stupider than they were. I, I know <laughs> stupid is not a word, but that just describes the Dolphins this year and with Jay Cutler and everything they do. So I'm surprised Landry didn't get traded, but happy that the Dolphins didn't make that big of fools of themselves. I'm a little bit surprised the Patriots didn't make a move, especially since they lost Hightower for the year. Front seven is banged up. They need a pass rusher, and they need more bodies up front. So I'm surprised that they didn't make a move to go along and help Brady possibly get that sixth ring. I'm surprised they didn't make a move to get a quarterback. I mean, do we just not have a backup quarterback right Julian now? Julian Edelman. They're gonna I mean, he's, he's on IR. Yeah, he's on the IR. He's yeah. I think we're going to end up picking yeah, up Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer was dropped by San Francisco. He's been Tom another another before. Another great backup from New England. <laughs> That's all we need right now is a backup. So. Yeah. My biggest surprise was that the Browns didn't get uh, Garoppolo. I think that their pick is 
equal in value to the Niners, if not better. And I think they would have been more desperate to make that offer. They and wouldn't have even been able to call the league office anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, what, what were they going to give for McCarron? Was it less than a second-round pick or better than a second-round pick? Because they could have easily gotten Garoppolo. Yeah, another trade also. I think uh, this one's... I think TJ Yeldon to Detroit would have made a lot of sense. And Matt Stafford's never really had a good running back. Um, <laughs> Why TJ Yeldon? Because now we're just picking, we're No, TJ Yeldon was a very, very good running back at Alabama. No, but why was, trade him? Why trade TJ Yeldon? Because yeah. there are a lot of people. The Jaguars have Leonard Fournette, Chris Ivory. Okay, the Detroit fair. Lions are 28th in the league in rushing yards per game. Stafford's never had a good running back. TJ Yeldon's pretty solid running back, averages 4.2 yards a carry for his career. <laughs> that was just a very yeah, random. It, it, it was, well, it was, was random, random, but Nick's got a good point because Reggie Bush was the last Detroit Lions to have 100 yards rushing, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, well, you I can't argue, rely on this guy's right arm every game. I would know? argue that Amir Abdullah has chance, a chance to develop into a solid running back. He's not going to be good. He's not going to be elite. He may be just as good as TJ Yeldon, so I don't really think it, was, it would be worth Detroit to trade for Yeldon when they already have a guy in Abdullah that, I think, that can develop. I think Zach Zanner is a good name in Detroit. He runs tough and he's not a great running back, but he's he's able to he's able to give you some yards and move the chains when necessary. I had heard some teams are going to try and buy the rights to sign Calvin Johnson out of retirement. I don't know if that would be a trade deadline move, but I was hoping to see something about that today. I want to see Megatron play again. Philly pulls that off. That would be wow. great. Wow. All right, guys, uh, good stuff with the NFL. Moving on to the NBA, the Orlando Magic tied top of the Eastern Conference with Boston and Detroit. Uh, they've looked pretty good. Aaron Gordon is balling. Uh, are the Orlando Magic a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference? Dill, you want to take it? Take um, it, Dill. I'll take that. Absolutely not. They have three players currently averaging – over 20 points a game, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic. Uh, but let me tell you right now, Aaron, Evan Fournier is shooting 56% from three. Aaron Gordon is shooting 59% from three. That is tremendous. But over the course of a season, they cannot keep that up. After you go past those three, Jonathan Simmons is averaging 17 points a game, and then no one, no one else is averaging more than nine points a game. So they have been playing basketball well. They have been shooting incredibly well, but I don't think that they can keep this up over an 82-game stretch, shooting 60% from three. I think they have a very good, not a very good, but a solid core uh, acquiring Jonathan Simmons in the offseason was an incredible steal. I think Simmons is a hell of a player. Playing under Popovich, you know you, you got something. And this guy was solid under Popovich. He's averaging almost 20 points, 16 right now, 7 rebounds. They've got Terrence Ross. He's decent. Vucevic is, is good. Gordon's going to step up. I, he's been stepping up this year. He's going to continue to grow. Fournier's a solid scorer. And then they've got guys like Spates, Biombo. They've got a Flalo, and then they've got Jonathan Isaac, who they drafted this year. I think maybe they could make it in as a seven or eight seed if they keep up this level Anybody of play. Could. They, they look, they look good. They look good. They look solid. They play the game right right now. Those spots are I like for grabs. It. I like they look it. good. I want to add that they've adapted the new style of the NBA. They've improved their pace. Last year they were middle of the pa- in the pa- middle of the pack for possessions per game. Now they're third in the league, so they've d- adopted the style that more possessions equals more points, and it's worked out well so far in Orlando. I think it's just a little too early to 
pin them to the two seed that they're at right now. They could try and be a sleeper, try and get the seven or eight they've seed. They beat some solid teams, though. They've they've they're playing well right now, but I don't think that they're better than the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, uh, Cavs, even Wizards. Like, Wizards are good. We'll so, see. The law of averages will eventually play out. They're not going to shoot sixty percent from three. That's ridiculous, and it's just not going to happen. All right, guys. So. We've been talking about surprises. The Magic are a surprise. I think the Cavs are also a surprise. They kind of have a loaded roster if you look at it on paper. However, they're struggling. They're off to a bad start. LeBron's not worried. Should Cavs fans be worried? Yes, they should. Yes, they should. I completely disagree with it's, you. The Cavs, it's too many egos on that team. They sure, In their last three games, they've given up 112 points, 123, 114, all to non-playoff teams. Here's, here's why the Cavs fans should be worried. There is a 100% chance they go to the playoffs. There is a high-level chance they go to the NBA Finals. But with Tyron Luke coaching this team, they're not going to win because their offense is falling apart right now because they're still playing just give LeBron the ball, play around LeBron James. When Kyrie went to Boston, he said he, when he was asked what the biggest difference was, he said ball movement because Boston runs plays. The Cavs, I don't know what they do out there. They have all these star players. They can get guys open. Guys can hit shots, but they're all shooting contested shots, and they're all just waiting for LeBron to come pick them up. When Isaiah comes back, he's going he's gonna to average 30 points a game again. They're going to do great. But when they get to the finals, they're not going to compete with the Warriors without ball movement. The Cavs should not be worried. The reason they shouldn't be worried is LeBron James. They've got the best player in the world. He's capable of leading them. It doesn't matter what they do in the beginning of the season. They almost always struggle in the beginning of the season. They'll rebound. They'll be fine. They'll be in the NBA Finals. I would just like to go through this roster real quick. Jay Crowder, pretty big ego. LeBron James, he's a team player. We'll give him that. Kevin Love, pretty big ego. Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose, J.R. Smith, Isaiah Thomas, Tristan Thompson. Those guys all have big egos. I think coming together, this isn't working right now, but I know there's one guy on this planet that can fix it, and that's LeBron James. Uh, 2014 to 2015, LeBron's first year back on the Cavs, they had a very similar sluggish start. I think they went 5-7 and seven in their first 12 games. I mean, they made the finals. They came very close to winning. Like I said, they have LeBron. They shouldn't be worried. They're missing their second-best player, Isaiah Thomas. They'll be fine. I just want to point out Kyrie's fantastic defense. He leads the league in steals, and the Celtics are second-ranked defense in the league. Another statistic that Dylan told me that was staggering is Jason Tatum's true shooting percentage is 76.5, which is phenomenal. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, the Cavs are going to have to get it together to get past the Celtics, especially if uh, Gordon Hayward, praying for him, can come back miraculously and try and make a playoff run. But I don't want to rush that. We're built for the future, not for the, for the now. All right, guys. Moving on. This one's on the docket. A little out of the way, but we're going to talk about golf a little bit. Tiger Woo! Woods uh! planning on making his return to competitive golf exciting not exciting good for the sport not good for the sport let's hear it i'll take it i'll take it first it's exciting but at the same time you almost know it's not gonna work you almost just know the the back tony romo basically says it every single time he he goes out and and does the color commentary the back is an injury that sustains and does not fix itself it just doesn't heal tiger's gonna try it and man i hope i hope it works because if tiger can come back let's say three quarters of what he once was golf would be so competitive right now you have 
four absolute studs in golf, Rory, Ricky, Jordan, and Justin. Four absolute studs. Throw Tiger in that mix, golf would be amazing to watch. It really would. So I, I like that he's trying, but it's just, it's just to me, it's going to be upsetting when I hear again, Tiger can't do it. You know, I, I'm going to admit here on this podcast, I'm not a big golf guy at all. However, hot Tyler, take right there. Hot, I mean, I I don't know many people that watch a lot of golf, live golf or anything, Get that and out. I probably Come won't on. regardless of, of who's playing. However, uh, last time Tyler made t- Tiger tried to make a return, my apologies. I was checking the scores. I was seeing how he was doing, making sure you know he uh, making sure he was doing all right. And unfortunately, he wasn't. But that's that's a different story. This is absolutely good for golf. Tiger's one of the most polarizing and most interesting players of our generation, probably the most. Um, and absolutely, I think most people want to see him do well, want to see him succeed. And that's going to make a lot of people watch and hopefully grow the game. Tiger is 41. Golfers can play forever. Tiger can play 20 more years if he is at the level that he once was. And uh, I just want to say, Tony Romo's back injury versus Tiger Woods is Tony Romo's getting put in his ass every play. Tiger Woods is swinging a golf club. It, but it, it doesn't matter. Tony Romo goes it, to play golf. Now he's retired. But this bat, is- bat, you're using your back all the time. It's, it's the same thing. The bat, it just in general, the back. He could sit heal. out five years and still be in his right. prime. And exactly. This and, is nothing more than a guy attempting to make a return. It's going to work for the non-golf fans like me, like Tim, who just want to see how Tiger does. But Tiger is not going to come back. He's not going to win majors. That Tiger is gone. It's sad, but I think it's going to be sad for a lot of golf fans to see Tiger go up and disappoint. Tiger is not the same player he was. He's never going to be that player again. I think it's time to face that reality. Even to add on Tim's point, I really like what you said, Tim. You said he's the most polarizing athlete. So even... I hate to bring this up, but you got to approach it. Even the people that don't like Tiger, and there's a lot out there. You you know a lot of people. He's a cultural phenomenon. Right. He transcends sports. So even there's going to be people that watch Tiger just to see him not succeed. And that's the reality of Tiger Woods. That's the re- reality of the things and the choices he's done. I'm rooting for him. I'm wishing the best for him because I know when he's at the top of his game, golf is fun to watch. You know, I think that uh, that lifespan of that scandal has died because in the sports world, when he that scandal broke, that was crazy. In the sports world today, if that scandal broke, I don't think it'd make the front page. There's so much else That's going a on. Take. That's well, just even, garbage take, actually. Uh, well, that and, and even... Aaron Hernandez killed a person. He killed a couple people. I mean, are you saying no athlete has ever killed a person before that? I'm saying that domestic violence and I was uh, talking about drug the D- crimes I think rank too. higher than these scandals. Right. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. Do you think people are? If you think people hear Tiger Woods, like they're they're still thinking about that issue and they're still worrying about that, because I think that people have gotten over it. I I don't think they're still worrying about it. I think once something happens to someone, they make a judgment for life. I think that there are a lot of people that dislike Tiger because of what happened. However, it's not. You're right. It's not at the forefront anymore because it happened so long ago. Just to conclude, I think we can all agree. Just a quick yes around the table that golf is better when Tiger's performing at the highest level. Of course. Uh, uh, definitely. Good. Definitely, I agree definitely great for the game. Good. It would be nice to see one of the greats make his return, be in there with the young guns, maybe even have a shot at winning some it would be. It would be something to watch, Tristan. When I'd I'm flipping excited. the channels and I see Tiger Woods, I might consider stopping to watch golf for five seconds. Maybe <laughs> a little far. But it's, it's, I, it's the Federer effect in tennis. Federer comes back. He wins a couple of majors. Tennis is now just as popular as it's ever been. All right. Well, hoping one of the greats can make his return. All right, we're going to wrap it up here, guys. 
finishing up with our NFL picks. Favorite we got, segment. We got two two game two games uh, tonight. The Thursday night matchup, I believe, is Bills versus Jets. This has big implications for the division for both teams. Both are performing better than many expected them to. Bills, Jets, who do you guys got? You know, you guys, most of you guys, I, I don't know exactly who, most of you guys doubted the Bills last week. And I do Bills, remember that. The Bills showed up. <laughs> they showed up they in showed a big up. way. I, I, The Jets, Nick, sorry to break it to you, they're trash. <laughs> I say the Bills again, and I think that they're, uh, they're looking good so far. Tyler, what do you think? The Bills are winning this game. The Bills have been the surprise of the AFC, if not the NFL this year. The Bills are a good team, and I would not underestimate the fact that Tyrod Taylor is an experienced player now. He's a veteran. He's a really good quarterback, and he's going to lead the Bills to the playoffs this year. Uh, the Bills just acquired Kelvin Benjamin at the, before the trade deadline. I think that makes one of their offenses the most dangerous in the league, and I think that they're going to kill the Jets this week. I'm going to pick the Jets. I'm going to pick the Jets. Wow. I'm going to side with Heilman on this one. To my right. How much money did Heilman give you to make that pick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick the Jets just because I'm, I've been unlucky. Jets are at home. I'm going to give them a chance. Nick, yeah. tell me why I should give them a chance before <laughs> I'll, I'll I tell throw you up. Why. MetLife is always a tough place to play. I think you Patriots fans know that. Um, <laughs> it is a tough play. Hey, they always end up squeaking one out, but it's, it's never a blowout. It's a tough a place to play for the Jets, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to take, take the Jets in this one. They, they've been struggling to finish games this year, but they have been in a lot of – last week they lost to Atlanta by five, previous week to Miami by three, and the Patriots by seven. I think this week they finally figure out how to finish, and uh, I think they'll, they'll beat Buffalo. Yeah, Jets have definitely shown flashes that they could be, could be a solid team. That really hurts for me to hear those words coming out of my mouth, and I think – my uncle would slap me if he heard me say that. It's music right. to my ears, <laughs> I feel like it's the state of the Jets fan to give them congratula- congratulatory points considering they're losing. They didn't yeah, go. That's usually uh, the case. They, they didn't, didn't lose they, by they, that they, much. They, hey, they're hey, not hey, going hey. 0 16. They're, they're have a that's win. True. They're, that they're is win true. The, they won the season. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Another big matchup uh, Cowboys, Chiefs. Uh, Cowboys, Jet, uh, Zeke's suspension has been reinstated. Are the Cowboys Doomed. Do they even have a shot at being legit anymore? And the Chiefs um, arguably have what Heilman believes is an MVP. Cowboys, Chiefs, what do you guys got? You know, as as good or bad as Alex Smith is, um, and, you know, as well as the Chiefs have been playing, I think that this is, like, the most definite game that has ever happened in this season so far. Um, you know, no Zeke for the Cowboys, that kills them. Um, Dak Prescott's good, but I mean, is his receivers really that good? Um, the line could be like Chiefs by 20. I'm still hammering that. Um, absolutely, Chiefs by a million, no doubt in my mind. Chiefs are not going to win by a million, but they will win because their defense is really, really good. That was a short take. Uh, I'm going to agree, <laughs> say the Chiefs are winning this one. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of Dak Prescott. I think he's been overhyped his whole career. I think that without Ezekiel Elliott, that's going to show through. Good the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys just because, once again, they're at home. I know Zeke's gone, but I think a new running back can just – any running back can step into that system. Cowboys look hot. They're on a streak. I think they're going to get another one, be 5-3, and three, be right back in that race with 
with uh, Philly? Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Kansas City, not because of their defense, because their defense actually ranks 30th in the league. They had five takeaways last week. Yes, but still 30th in the league, not great. But um, because you'd sleep with. But Alex I'm gonna Smith. take I'm gonna take the Chiefs because they got Alex Smith <laughs> like and they I got said. and they got Kareem Hunt, uh, two uh. very very talented players at their position this year. Um, and I think they will dismantle that Dallas Cowboys defense. Immensely talented guy who threw for 200 <laughs> yards last year. And zero Dis- interceptions this year. He said they're going to dismantle the Cowboys defense. Yes, just, quick, just quickly to Johnny's point about any running back stepping in that system. Offensive line is really good. Darren McFadden is a proven running back in this league. The weekly picks have just become three logical picks, followed by Johnny wanting to shock <laughs> us and uh, Heilman picking, that's, that's, Heilman picking that's the Jets. Yeah, yeah, first I I'm, like I'm like 0-4. I'm like 0-4. Well, I think it's exciting. I mean, you do have to hand it to Alex Smith. His boys are playing. They're winning. That's all that matters. All right, that's it. That's it for us, guys. Dormant Sports Talk, Episode 3, Halloween Edition. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next week. Adios. Peace Peace. out.